People needed to pray to the spirits of the land. God was in the wind god. And then all of a sudden, around about the time of Yeshua, this last era has been very masculine, very horizontal. Reason, wisdom, science, doing, seeing. And that in some ways had a wonderful purpose. We received science. We received medicine. But we focus so much on the doing, 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 more, 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 progress, progress, progress. That is too much. And we have not evolved to the space in which we can handle this. So in this new era, this era of masculine and feminine balance that we're moving into, we're moving it back into the intersection of both where finally the masculine and feminine can serve in harmony with one another without one overpowering and trying to suppress the other. But of course, over the past years, it hasn't been the masculine that's been suppressed over these past centuries. It's been the feminine. So this rising of Shakti that is occurring within Mother Earth, within the extraordinary awakenings and service and channeling and movement of the feminine back into its equal light, we are resurrecting that peace and that balance so that the Sophia essence, which was really the Christ spirit, has her place within the garden. Prophecies have foretold, and wisdom keepers all know, that the rise of the feminine will restore balance to our world. In this podcast, we are on a journey to understand the root of the imbalance that has caused disconnection and dysfunction within our humanity, so we can emerge as leaders, creating a new story on Earth. I'm Lauren Walsh. And I'm Shayna Connors. With humble hearts and open minds, we will converse with spiritual teachers, historians, psychologists, revolutionaries, leaders, and healers to navigate these evolving times and reintegrate the feminine history that we have forgotten. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. Hello again. Welcome back to the Time of the Feminine podcast. So happy to have you here as always. And I feel like a broken record, but I'm so excited about this episode today. This woman, Carissa Schumacher, is someone who I had one email exchange with and I just felt her vibration so clearly and it was so beautiful. I instantly loved her instantly loved her. And this interview just confirms it. I was introduced to Carissa through a dear sister and friend, Stephanie Anson, who had an intuitive feeling about the encounter. And so this episode is a joy to have happen on the Time of the Feminine podcast. Last week, we interviewed Perdita Finn and Clark Strand about the radical divine feminine path hidden within the rosary and its pagan origins. So we are diving into 
the ancient goddess becoming the Holy Mother and the very real apparitions of Holy Mary that take place all over the world. And now we're diving a little bit deeper and we're going to explore Jesus today. Rather, we're going to explore the Christ and Yeshua of Nazareth. First, I want to say that there have been just so many atrocities and horrors and terrors done in the name of Jesus Christ. And those are unspeakable traumas that are still very alive in our consciousness today. And I want to be mindful of anyone who has had religious trauma and who has suffered abuse or oppression in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm so terribly sorry and saddened that that happens, that our worlds can use the name of a, a beautiful, humble teacher who had a very real spiritual experience and was teaching love and equality and a lack of hierarchy to have it become what it became. And I'm so sorry. My heart aches for how that happened. And this episode feels super important to lift the veil and begin to heal from that. So I believe that Yeshua of Nazareth was a channel for the spirit of the Christos, a ray of consciousness from the universe that embodies love and peace and justice and mercy. And for anyone who's had a Christic connection with Christ consciousness and has felt that and been touched by that knows the very true beauty and sincerity of that cosmic ray of the universe. And I believe that all paths, whether Islamic, Judaism, Buddhism, Buddhism, yogic path, Wiccan, following your own path, I believe that what is true in the heart, if there is love and if there is true power, that we can all be led to the same place regardless of the path we follow. And so today we are going to learn from a renowned psychic medium and a full body channel of Yeshua the Christ about transmissions she's received. And I'd like to emphasize that in my experience, I'm usually quite skeptical of claims that people are channeling this person or that person. And what I can tell you about my interactions with Carissa is I feel the vibration and the frequency of peace so profoundly and of joy and love so authentically that I'm convinced she has powerful experiences with the Christ, with who she refers to as Yeshua. And I hope that this episode, which will be esoteric in nature, helps to illuminate what's possible when connecting with this energy and not for any purposes of enrolling in any type of religion or prescribed belief, but to allow this energy to be available to us all if we feel the call. And so I'll share a little bit about Carissa now. As I have said, she is a full body channel of Yeshua of Nazareth. She's an empathic intuitive and a sacred ceremony facilitator and a renowned psychic medium. And she's been a psychic medium ever since she was a little girl. And you can just imagine what that must have been like for her feeling so different. And she shares some of her story in this episode today. What I love about Carissa is while she 
gives people readings and while she supports people in that way, she does a ton of pro bono work. I love this about her. She spends a lot of her time with people impacted by sudden loss, grief, and hardship, and working with Native American nonprofits. And she recently just authored The Freedom Transmissions, A Pathway to Peace. Along Carissa's journey, she went to Brown and majored in neuroscience to try to understand what was happening with her psyche and her mind and to try to understand herself and what she was going through until she was really able to embody her gifts. And I I commend her for her courage and her loyalty to that which she's receiving. And for me, it's admirable to with open-heartedness and open-mindedness and with a lot of humility have that type of conviction in, in one's experience. So I present this episode to you with so much love and humility with the hopes of just more integration and healing of everything that we've all been through. And I look forward to exploring other religions and other world mysteries and other paths that lead to the divine that hold a similar frequency of divine union of masculine and feminine. And with that being said, I am so excited about this episode and to share this wisdom with you. And before we get going, we'll share just a little bit about our new sponsor. Goddesswell.co, highest quality women's products for your highest self specially formulated by women for women to complement our inherent self-healing power. Goddess Well is a company led by my sister and fierce Latina, Marcella Siegel. She was a global sisterhood facilitator back in the day and has been on a journey with us. And this is her latest creation. And right now I'm taking the capsules from the Harmony line, which is for hormonal and mood health. It has 60 milligrams of nano CBD, which is more than in any other company in the market. And each capsule is infused with essential oils for my hormonal and mood health. And there's a whole array of products for menopause, for PMS, for sexual health, and more products are coming that aren't even CBD based. So I'm super excited about this incredible company that's so filled with intentionality and ritual. So how I'm taking this capsule every day is I hold it in my hand, I say a prayer, and I pray for health of my nervous system, the health of my spirit, my body, my mind. And then I ingest the capsule and I go about my day in a more calm, present way. So right now there is a special offer for any Goddess Well product, buy one, get one free. And the request is when you buy your own product and you get one for free to gift it to a sister and share the love. That way we're building a feminine economy, we're building sisterhood, and we're caring for ourselves at the same time. So you can go to goddesswell.co and put in the link sisterhood at checkout to buy one and get one free. We'll also put the links in the show notes. All right, now let's get going with the show. Welcome, Carissa, to the Time of the Feminine podcast. It's a true honor to have you here. It is such a blessing to be here with you, beloved Lauren, and with your community today. So 
I know that you and I are going to dive into some incredibly deep and profound topics today. Mm. So I want to encourage our listeners to stay here for this entire episode. I'd like to start by just asking you a little bit about what is mediumship and what is your journey with becoming the woman that you are today? Mm. Before I begin, I wish to make a distinction between mediumship and channeling, because even though mediumship would fall into the category of uh, channeling to a certain extent, there is a difference between when I connect to spirit with an individual, meaning bringing through their individual spirit guides, and I'm just kind of the middleman who picks up that frequency of the individuated spirit and transmits messages to a person who has lost a loved one or something of that nature. And then there is channeling. In my case, it's full body channeling of higher frequencies, higher energies, and the specific channel that, or the specific avatar that I am a channel for is Yeshua. And Yeshua is not Jesus, the man, that was not even his name. His name was Yeshua within his life. But the essence of the lens that Yeshua comes through my channel is the essence of the Christ Sophia. So to answer your question, it was very, very early on within my life that I came to the realization that I had the ability to connect with entities, with beings on the other side, so to speak, in the space of what I call the unseen. The space of the seen is very much what I refer to as the horizontal. It's what we see, it's our lives, it's what we know. The horizontal plane is very much about the doing, 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 the construct that we have of ourselves, our lives. And then there is the unseen space. That is the vertical. The vertical is the being. When you strip away all of the constructs, all of the hurts, all of the things you think you know, you can't, when all of that kind of dies away, you're able to resurrect in your vertical presence, which is your divinity. And that is the space. The vertical is the space of spirit. So very early on, I was able to access and what I call drop into the vertical by dissolving the horizontal and just closing my eyes and dropping in to the space. And from there, I was able to see light frequencies, to hear uh, the language of spirit. And as I grew older, that evolved and I became more and more accurate my first encounter with spirit, well, there were many, but the first time that it really hit me that I was not normal within this life, so to speak, is there was a girl, little girl, when I was about six, seven years old, that, uh, that would come to me and she was my imaginary friend. And of course, my parents just chalked it up. Oh, Carissa's got an imaginary friend named Sophie. 
And my mom was having a conversation with, uh, with our neighbor. And she mentioned, oh, Carissa has an imaginary friend named Sophie. The woman, the neighbor's name was Nancy. And she was very open to things that um, others within uh, my community at the time were not all that open to or really didn't even talk about. But Nancy paused for a moment and she said, will you ask Carissa to describe Sophie? Tell me a little bit more about her. My mom described Sophie to Nancy in the way that I had relayed. And Nancy fell to the floor crying. And she looked up and she said to my mom, Sophie was my daughter who passed away 10 years ago. And that was the moment that really, in a sense, I was outed. I needed to come out of, of the closet, even within myself. Because of course, when you're born and you're a certain way, you don't know any other way. So it was not until through kids my age, through the people around me, you know, started saying, what is this? That I actually realized that I was different. And that was actually really the biggest struggle because of course, as a child, you just want to be normal. You want to fit in. And a lot of the children around me were very much, and even though all children are very much in the being and the vertical, there's more of a focus in the world of the horizontal. So it was a very long uh, dance for me to, A, not want to reject that vertical frequency that um, that I had access to, and uh, B, to learn how to balance in being not just who I am, but what I am within my life. So there were several years in, in my 20s that I just didn't want anything to do with it. I just wanted to be normal. I was so tired of the bullying and the criticism and the skepticism. And so I actively, actively tried to turn my channel off. It's like I suppressed it, didn't talk about it. I made myself so busy, busy, busy uh, that I just didn't even have to pay attention to that part of myself because I felt so much shame and uh, resentment surrounding it. And so I went to Brown, I studied neuroscience, but as I lived this quote unquote supposed to life, I just remember this feeling of just feeling like a fraud, like it was almost as though I was um, an owl trying to put on a bear suit to be able to fit in with all the bears so that I wouldn't get attacked by all the bears. But then all of a sudden, right before uh, Yeshua's, uh, Yeshua's presence, the avatar's presence actually activated within my channel about uh, 10 to 15 years ago, my entire supposed to life just exploded. I lost everything. I had to face my greatest fears. It was almost as though my spirit overtook my mind. The vertical overtook the horizontal and spirit was like, nope, you need to realign with who and what you are. And so I allowed for that. And it took a tremendous amount of letting go of grief. It took an amazing amount of um, trust and surrender. But it was through that faith, that fire within me that I just decided to let it all go, to let it all die. 
And then miraculously within the ensuing years, there was just this resurrection of the divine vision of what it was that I was supposed to create, how I was meant to serve. And for once in my life, instead of going into my head, getting in my own way, getting in spirit's way, I just went with it. And shortly thereafter, I was given the the vision for journeys, uh, journeys in Sedona, Arizona, bringing groups of people together to come to reunite with the presence of spirit within themselves, within the divine, and also within the land. And when I was given this vision, it was very specific that journeys were meant to be spaces of equality. No teachers, no one higher than the other. We all needed to come in a humble way and have a sacred space and forum to rebalance, to heal, and to remember what Yeshua says much of the time, not who you are, but what you are. So for the past 10 years, I have devoted my life to that. And it was in late 2019, just before the pandemic came, these past years of voids and change that all of a sudden, right before a meditation, I unexpectedly went under and Yeshua came through my channel for the first time. And since then, the unbelievable power of the transmissions, the essence of spirit that emerges within each and every person that lets go of just the mind and the judgment and the conditioning to receive the wisdom, the Sophia essence of the Christ itself. It's extraordinary. I still do mediumship and individual uh, sessions, but I'm finding that the more space that I physically need to hold for Yeshua's unbelievable peace, the frequency of peace, that's really what his essence, his, her essence is. It's the frequency of peace. And the more that I embody this frequency and the more space that I hold for it, the more powerful the transmissions are. So I just wanted to make that distinction between mediumship and then channeling. And channeling is accessible to every single person. Channeling is really no more than the energy of the unseen. It's a possibility. It's a seed that is in the unseen. And there are moments when that seed grows, bursts through, and all of a sudden, a person channels or has an epiphany or an unbelievably original creative idea that they've never thought of before. When something from the unseen, something of of the divine, the vertical, bursts into the scene, it is absolutely miraculous what can emerge from it. And so I'm finding that I, as I know you are in a similar space within your process, beautiful, beautiful Lauren, I'm beginning to move out of some of the old snail shell, as Yeshua calls it, and into the new snail shell. And what that looks like, I don't quite know, but I will always offer journeys and remember the integrity to the vision of spirit that I was given. 
from really from the very beginning. I'm sitting here with my eyes closed and I'm receiving your words. And as I'm receiving your words, I feel this beautiful divine force, I feel tingling. And as you were speaking about the vertical and the horizontal planes, I had a vision of the cross. Yes. And I felt the symbolism, the sacred, potent symbolism of the cross and the meeting place right in the middle where the horizontal meets the vertical. Yes. And I'm feeling this when you spoke about the resurrection from your faith, the fire of your faith. I, I saw a vision of the sacred heart of, with a flame. Mm. And I would love to just ask you to speak a little bit about this symbolism because I know that the cross has been misinterpreted. Well, the cross, you look at it and see what it represents. It was a symbol of torture. It's a symbol or has been during this last 2000 year period, the symbol of a suffering God. And of course that's very much been adopted into the dynamics of this old era that we're leaving now. Martyrdom, suffering to we, we are unworthy of the light. And for us as puny human beings to receive the light, we need to be in servitude. We need to be good. We need to carry all of those burdens on our own. And from the very beginning, Yeshua reminded us that the cross is not a symbol of martyrdom and servitude. He's like, I already did that. Be a little original. You don't have to do that. So what he reminds us of is that the cross, in a sense, is a symbol of freedom. And what he recommends, he's like, all of your burdens, all of these things that you do out of shame and overgiving and suppressing your voice. He's like, Sat, you can't carry all of that. It will break you. So he says, let's lower the bar, that bar that hoists you up into this suffering. Lower the bar on feeling the need to please all of these external expectations about what you should be, how you should be. He's like, let's move that bar back to balance so that it is the balanced cross of the sacred heart. And in the freedom transmissions, he says, in that balanced cross, that is moving away from the suffering and into the balance, into that freedom. The sacred heart is really that flame ignited. And we 
are able then to access these four different quadrants of the sacred heart, which is simplicity, stability, surrender, and stillness. And we can't access that when we're out there trying to do, do, serve, serve in the horizontal. So he gives us this ability to move things out of that lofty bar of the ego, the imbalanced ego and the mind and the shadow and all of that stress. And he brings it back to drop us in to that space of intersection that he calls the origin. The word origin itself means point of intersection. So all anything original flows through that origin. And the actual word anastasis, which is the Greek word for resurrection, it means that an intersection, restoring oneself to the origin. But Yeshua said one thing on the resurrection journey in October, journeys are where he gives his transmissions. He said that the symbol for this past era has been this servitude through suffering, that high bar cross. And he said that the symbol for this new era that we're entering now, really this era of Aquarius that people have been speaking about and that we've been shifting to collectively very powerfully over the past 20, 30 years or so, this new era this era of masculine and feminine balance, transparency, co-creation is not just that intersection, that origin, but it's the expansion of that origin as a circle around the wheel. So the medicine wheel, as certain um, indigenous people might call it, though it's been used throughout the earth by nearly every uh, culture, that the medicine wheel is that balanced cross of simplicity, stability, surrender, and stillness where we're able to access that sacred heart, that center point. The circle that surrounds it is the tomb that becomes the womb. He said in this resurrection transmission, and I won't go too deeply into it, he's like, it, it, it's amazing to me how everyone focuses on the cross as the symbol. But he's like, the freedom came in the tomb. He died upon the cross. His body went into the tomb. He was transfigured, and when he moved out of the tomb, he was reborn into the spirit self. He moved from Yeshua slash Jesus into his Christ Sophia essence. And so the circle around the cross is really where we experience that death, of all these constructs, all these pains, all these behaviors, all these things that we carry so much shame about, and we go right into that womb or that tomb to let it all die. But the power of the 
feminine, the womb, the spirit, essence of God, allows us to be birthed forth deeper within our spirit self, deeper within our Yeshua self, our Sophia self. And so I love that the sacred heart, that balance, the balanced cross is that point of intersection that we flow through so that we can live lives not exclusively in the horizontal, but not not exclusively in the vertical either. That's not why we come to human bodies. We come to find the balance within both. And then the circle as the tomb and the womb that continuously rebirths us. That is our existence. That is our experience. We are simply birthed from one womb to the next. And it is that Christ essence, that Sophia essence, that helps us move from that high bar, that suffering, and in to that space of masculine and feminine balance. I feel so moved right now. And as we shift into this time of the feminine, and you speak about Christ Sophia, I'd love to speak about Sophia and what that means and what that essence is. In order to do so, I would like to make a further distinction between Yeshua and the essence of Christ. And this is discussed a bit in the Gospel of John. In the beginning, there was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Christ essence was seated in the earth from the very beginning. Yeshua, when asked, how does he define God? He told us to imagine the transcendent, in some ways almost the the masculine, the father aspect of divinity as this unseen fire. It's a fire, but it's inaccessible. It's unlit. What does it take to light a fire? Air. Breath, wind, is what is needed to ignite that fire. That is the spirit essence, the spirit creation, destruction. That is the feminine creation, destruction, that flow of regenesis, that flow of life. And then the masculine, in a sense, is what holds that eats, that a seed, so that there's an order. That's the fire. And when divine masculine and feminine come together, it ignites into light. It ignites into the world, the dreaming that we experience in both the vertical and the horizontal. So in a sense, that is the Christ essence. It's divinity moved into form moved into consciousness, moved into realization. Within his life, Yeshua realized that Christ essence within himself, and he taught us, in a sense, how to realize that within ourselves by saying, 
the light isn't just over here, wielded by these belief systems and these people. And if you have power, you're blessed by God. And if you're poor and have nothing, you're a degenerate and worthless. He said every person has access to this sovereignty, this peace. He didn't tell us, this is what the Father said, and here's what you have to do. Do what I say, or you're going to, to heaven or hell. He never even said the word hell. He used the word Kahana, which was basically a garbage dump outside of Jerusalem. <laughs> but he realized that, and he gave us a path then and now to realize that emergence within ourselves. In his death, when he went into that tomb, clearly, he didn't just stand up and walk out. And we know that because the first person that he came to was Mary Magdalene. And clearly, he was in a different form, spirit form, possibly a holographic projection of his human essence, we don't know. But we know that she did not just recognize him. He didn't come up and throw his arms around her because she thought he was the gardener. He came in his spirit essence, his Christ essence. And she was one of the first to receive him in his spirit essence. Everybody else was looking for him in his Jesus self, his, his Yeshua self. But Magdalene recognized him in spirit because she recognized the Sophia, the wisdom aspect of his essence. Last week, he gave a transmission where he said, Magdalene, in my human life, she loved me concretely. But it was not until she realized me in my spirit essence that she understood herself and loved herself completely. That is when they were ultimately united. And he said that the disciple Peter had a lot of courage, very, very bold but he lacked confidence in the divine plan. That's why he was tended to sometimes to get into Yeshua's way. And Yeshua actually had to re rebuke him and say, you know, Satan, get ye behind me. Stop being my stumbling block. You don't just get to swoop in and prevent my death. Don't get in the way of the divine plan and what needs to occur as my service and passion and offering of love. And he said, Magdalene, had confidence in the divine plan, but she often lacked courage to speak up, especially because she was a woman. But once she realized him within his spirit self, the Christ self, instead of just the man, that is when that Christ essence was able to come through her and she was able to give the wisdom of Sophia for her and many others. And so, of course, in this last era, 
a lot of that was shut down. A lot of that was diluted, shoved out. The first era on earth was actually way more feminine, very, very vertical. People needed to pray to the spirits of the land. God was in the wind God. And then all of a sudden, around about the time of Yeshua, this last era has been very masculine, very horizontal. Reason, wisdom, science, doing, seeing. And that in some ways had a wonderful purpose. We received science. We received medicine. But we focus so much on the doing, 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 more, 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 progress, progress, progress. That is too much. And we have not evolved to the space in which we can handle this. So in this new era, this era of masculine and feminine balance that we're moving into, we're moving it back into the intersection of both, where finally the masculine and feminine can serve in harmony with one another without one overpowering and trying to suppress the other. But of course, over the past years, it hasn't been the masculine that's been suppressed over these past centuries. It's been the feminine. So this rising of Shakti that is occurring within Mother Earth, within the extraordinary awakenings and service and channeling and movement of the feminine back into its equal light, we are resurrecting that peace and that balance so that the Sophia essence, which was really the Christ spirit, has her place within the garden. Thank you for speaking that so beautifully. My question now for those women who are impacted by the transmission of these words, however, perhaps have some trauma from religion or have never related to Christianity I would love you to speak to healing that and also how the Christ energy is not just for Christians, Mm. that it is a universal energy that is not judging a type of worship or belief system. Can you speak about that? Sure. We tend in our minds to want to anthropomorphize things. Even children do this because that is how we as spirit beings, when we come into body, which is already a little bit traumatic, we all spend, you know, some of our early lives being like, where the heck are we? Especially very, very evolved old souls. It can be a little bit weird coming to earth. But um, the Christ essence that, um, you know, that, that Yeshua expresses is, it's the frequency of peace. There's no gender aspect. Yes, it has different emanations that can come, wisdom, power. There are many different lenses of of the Christ essence, but it's not narrowed to any one thing or any one being. 
One of the most astounding things that I had, that I did not expect when Yeshua came through my channel is how funny, grounded, unconditionally loving, co-creative, he, he, this essence wishes, this light spirit wishes to co-create with you so that we can all serve together. There's no, I'm higher than you and you're lo lower than me. It is all about the expression of sovereignty and helping us to get out of our egos enough to resurrect our true essence and our service through joy. And the best part about Yeshua, <laughs> unlike some other avatars, there are some other avatars that are wonderful, but they really help you to work on the, the vertical, the transformation of the vertical, and then they kind of leave it to you to figure out the horizontal like life. Yeshua makes this deal with you where he's like, if you do the vertical, if you just take a little bit more time and space to be in that origin, I will figure out everything in the horizontal for you. And truly, it works every time. But these associations, this appropriation of his words, the dilution, just just the fear that was projected so that certain people could gain power is what has led to basically the opposite of what he said and gave and offered us then and now. So in some ways, I have seen thousands and thousands of people meet Yeshua who experience deep religious trauma and be like, thank you for introducing me to the Yeshua, the Jesus, the Christ that I had hoped would be the case. He Part of what he does is he sets the record straight on all of these words that have been hijacked and manipulated to make us feel unworthy and riddled with shame and afraid of our own power and gifts and light. For example, mediumship, intuitiveness, the number of people with intuitive gifts that are told that's wrong, that's bad, you're Satan, or you're making it up, or that's fraudulent. They have to suppress, they have to shut down an entire aspect of self that is the most delicious aspect of them. And Yeshua gives us permission to put it all on the table. For example, oh, how unburdening was it for me when he started talking about sin? He's like, I didn't say that. There wasn't even a word for it at my, it meant missing the mark, not dire thing. We're not all going to die and burn in hell. That doesn't exist. Stop imposing these 
thought bubbles and constructs of the human onto the divine. The divine is love. Another one, repentance, atonement, and redemption. He addressed those right in the beginning. He's like, let me take the sting out of this. Repentance, which is just so riddled in shame and unworthiness, and I'm so riddled in shadow and ickiness and this priest or this preacher or this rabbi or this guru or whatever is just so anointed and enlightened, you know, as they, as they sit there on their high horse in judgment and ego. And Yeshua says repentance is just giving over what no longer serves you. Repent. He's like, Repentance is just giving your burdens over to me and having the humility to say that you not only can't, but don't want to carry all this burden on your own. Atonement is service through joy. It's not atoning and I now have to sacrifice and please everyone around me because I did something wrong and I am at such a deficit. Atonement is moving that energy back into service. So let's say that someone perhaps had a drug addiction and it caused a lot of harm and they go through their process of the death and the forgiveness of of themselves, but also maybe parents or certain external causes that made them feel like they couldn't cope with life. And as they go through that healing process, All of a sudden, this light, this inspiration flows through them and they just feel, I want to serve. I want to help educate children on drug use and how to stand within your own power and sovereignty and worth so that you don't fall in to the trappings of feeling like you need to suppress yourself to fit in in the horizontal. That's atonement. And the redemption is just joy. He's like, you, you're redeemable. Sometimes we do things or have done things. And it's just like, what I did is so awful that I'm, I'm not worthy of redemption. I just don't even deserve it. And it's like, that is actually egotistical. It's kind of selfish because that way you get to stay in this dance shadow mindset. That way you get to live for the rest of your life feeling sad and angry and resentful towards yourself. How will that allow your life to shine? He's like, I designed you each with this original, extraordinary essence. And whoever told you that that was not enough, that you are not good enough, that God is a certain thing that you don't have access to unless you behave a certain way, that's not divinity. That's an imposition of authority, power, dominance, and control. And it's that same imposition or that same suppression that has resulted in the lack of divine wisdom and originality and humility 
and integrity within this world. So it is my prayer to those of you that have struggled with deep religious trauma that you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Because there is, and you will feel it when you experience it, not just through Yeshua, but in any other connection point, meditation, prayer, chanting. Remember that the light is unseen and it is accessible within you. But if you're seeking, 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 going out here, next guru, next thing, next thing, you're never going to be able to find that intersection point in which all of these fragmented parts of self are able to reintegrate within you. And when Yeshua says, I provide a pathway to peace, the Christ Sophia essence is simply inviting you to revisit what your needs are and to create a sacred partnership, a friendship with the divine instead of an imbalanced hierarchical power structure. And you deserve that. And what you are doing to heal this trauma and to let go of the illusions of divinity, to resurrect your knowing and realization of that divinity within yourself is extraordinary. And to that, I say, hallelujah. (laughs) Oh, man. Hmm. So in my experience of navigating my faculties that are super normal, we all have our intuitive capacities, our, our vision, our clairaudience, all of these different gifts that are so inherently feminine that have been suppressed. I have found that in an opening after so many generations of not being trained about these faculties, these gifts we have, and actually feeling different or weird or shameful or scared of them, that the Christ Sophia and envisioning the Holy Cross helps me orient in a world of energy and multiple dimensions. It helps Mm -hmm. me find alignment so that I know that even if what I'm sensing or feeling, whether it be a spirit or an, uh, an energy or an emotion, that I can align myself with the cross and that can open the path for me. Hmm. And I love what you shared about when <laughs> that Yeshua makes a deal with you. It's like if you focus a little bit more on the vertical, that you'll receive help with the horizontal. <laughs> and I love that so much. And I want to I want to just put a pin in that a little bit because I know and I hear from thousands of women and I can experience this with myself. This fear of the horizontal. This mm. fear of having to busy ourselves so much just to get by. And as we're switching eras, can you speak a little bit more in depth about what I shared around orienting to Yeshua, orienting to the cross, and then also balancing the horizontal? Mm -hmm. 
moving into this new era, it is not just our faith that needs to be reconciled or our love that needs to be reconciled. The number one area that we need to sit with as vertical beings having a horizontal experience in a world where there has been a lot of betrayal, suppression, mitigation, violence. The number one energy that we need to be working with as we're moving forward into this era of Christ consciousness, peace consciousness, is trust. Trust. That is where so many of the wounds are held. You like me in some ways. We live, we're better with the vertical. Spirit makes sense to us. We accessed it in childhood. And I know that many, many people that are listening to this now had that same experience. Spirit is easy. Human is a lot harder. (laughs) And we are on a planet with a lot of human beings that are racing around in the horizontal, but don't trust spirit. So the juxtaposition is quite strong. And Yeshua, very early on, he spoke about um, these two spigots. And I want to mention this because we're going to be going through a lot of changes in the horizontal, structural changes. I spoke about this in, you know, in just some of my own psychic predictions, but um, we're kind of only at the beginning of some of the changes. The last three years for very many people, especially uh, light holders and those that are in a path of, of I will quote unquote, higher service in a sense. The past three years have been about structure changes. So many people, major changes to the structures within their life. Jobs, relationships, these past three years have really been about leaving our old snail shell. And it's been very vulnerable for a lot of people to go through this, especially women and very service-oriented women that are very attuned to the vertical, because we've really kind of left the snail shell. We can't go back into the old snail shell. We wouldn't want to. We would be miserable. We've evolved beyond the old snail shell. But we're in limbo between two snail shells, and that's very vulnerable because you don't have a snail shell. All of your stuff is just out there, which is really, really scary. And when the horizontal has brought you down, brought you down, brought you down, brought you down, and you're living in that fear mindset, you're never going to be able to trust in the structure of this new snail shell. 
So we, I'm bringing this image forth to really help those listeners that have gone through a lot of loss, a lot of change, or just all of a sudden are like, I'm not happy in this relationship anymore. I'm not happy in this job anymore, but are very, very frightened to take the leap of faith, to move into something new. Yeshua is helping to create. And Sophia, spirit, the divine, is helping through us to create that new snail shell. And what's beautiful is that we are the pioneers moving everything into this new era. There are some people that are gripping on tight to the old snail shell, to the control, to the mindsets, to the dominance. And then there's another group of people like your community, my community, these global communities, largely rooted in women, though there are men that are also very authentic to that process too, that are saying, let's look at these things. Let's look at co-creative solutions. Let's live in balance and harmony with the land. Let's move this forward. So there's a little bit of this tension that any empath or sensitive person listening is probably feeling within the collective. And these next few years, we're now moving out of structure changes and into systems level changes. So pretty much everything up to now, once we hit March of uh, 2023, that's when Pluto moves into Aquarius. That's when we're fully in the era of Aquarius. And that's when we finally have access to the energetics of the new era, which is about balance, which is about transparency, which is about co-creation. The Hopi prophecy in 2000, the era of the lone wolf is over. And that's not exactly great news to us who tend to be very independent type of people who carry the burden and do everything on our own. But moving forwards, the light needs strength and strength numbers. But in order to get there, we need to trust. Yeshua talks about these two, sp- two spigots. The love-trust spigot and the fear-control spigot. Love is a very vast energy. Very, very unbridled. Love is change. So in order, as a human being who needs to survive and be safe, in a sense, we need trust. Trust is the structure that allows us to feel safe enough to love. And that's why it's really important to structure trust in relationships. But very often people don't do that. So for example, a child is very open, very loving, hasn't explored social constructs, is not completely within themselves. So they're very vulnerable. And they put full blind trust sometimes in a parent or caregiver. But if there's a violation of that trust, it is devastating. And those are the moments when there's, whether it's in childhood, whether it's bullying, whether it's body shaming, whether it's an abusive relationship, 
when that trust violation happens, someone cheats on you, someone's cruel, someone abandons you, the trust love spigot tends to slam shut. And then we exist in the horizontal spigot, which is fear control. Our animal selves, our horizontal selves, because we are an animal species, within our brain, our primal brain, everything is looking at things through the lens of fear. Fear. Keeping ourselves safe. Will I get what I need? Will I lose what I have? Those are the two fears. And in our background programming and our brains, constantly that's going. Am I going to die? Am I going to die? Will I get what I need? Will I lose what I have? Will I lose what I have? Will I get what I need? Am I going to die? And so the structure that we create, fabricate in order to mitigate that is control. Because the more control we have, the more we're at that the top of that pyramid, have the money, have the resources, ability to tell people what to do as long as we've got it all together in this story of who it is that we think we are, well, then we have less fear. And that is why very often when someone's control gets dashed, immediately go into fear mode, rage mode, reaction mode. And so in this horizontal, more masculine era, no wonder almost everything has been this hierarchical, weird structure of dominance and assertion of control. Not balanced hierarchies, though those exist within nature, but it has been control to regulate fear. And the powers that be, media, politics, religious institutions, social media, the, the whole shebang has the control and the ability to regulate your fear which is why you need to be very, very careful about not defining yourself and your worth by these horizontal standards of sex, money, power, what you look like, how good of a mom you are, how perfect you are. Because that's how that continuous violation of trust happens until the point that you don't trust yourself. And when you don't trust yourself, you cannot trust the opening to the divine. So what Yeshua really invites us to do is to shift out of this fear control spigot that has silenced so many women. That is not our natural place. Very, very, very new souls, very unevolved. That's their place. And we've all been there. We've all had lives in which we were not awakened, where we caused a lot of problems on this earth. But for those that are really on a path of illumination, of divinity, that love trust spigot needs to be in place. And that has been what has been so nourishing to me about Yeshua, about the Christ Sophia essence, is that the love, there's, there's no violations of trust. So we need to anchor ourselves in the faith that if we operate more from the being than the reaction, 
the doing, if we if we are more in the space of that vertical, that it works, that we can trust that things will work out in the horizontal because they do every time. But when we are making choices from that fear spigot and trying to assert our control over our own selves, over our own happiness, that's when things really start to go awry. So one of the questions that he asks us, really with everyone in our lives, especially our most intimate relationships, is not just do I love this person, but do I trust this person? And to have conversations with those in our lives about trust. What does trust mean to you? If somebody asks you, you know, says, I trust you, ask them, what does trust mean to you? Because very often we have very different definitions of what trust is. Trust to one person may be loyalty. Trust to another person may be spending tons of time together. So if you're a person that likes some space and time away from your friends and you're in a friendship with someone that needs you there every single day, that's going to be a problem. That's going to create a wedge in which both people feel that their boundaries or needs are being violated. So the question is not just, do I have the faith? You already know that your love, that you have this unbelievable these unbelievable gifts that are just beginning to explode as you give yourself permission to unleash this divine power, this holy fire that's flickering up into your vision from your sacred heart. But your question as you move forward, listening to your intuition, which is your inspiration and your discernment moving forwards, is what can I trust? So that you're not living from tr trust violations of the past that have nothing to do with your realization and path today. Wow. Thank you. I'm so glad this is recorded. I'm so glad women are listening to this right now. Thank you for listening and for feeling this and for being here and for being a woman who is dedicated to her growth and to stepping into a new time, a new time where we lead in a new way. Thank you. And thank you, Carissa. I feel so touched. And I have two questions left. One is about shame. I understand shame is incoherent energy that must be helped. I must be lifted by our community with us. It feels like a, an energy that when we try to lift on our own, we can get wrapped in and, and feel even more shame for still feeling shame. And why do I still feel this after so many years? And I feel like shame must be lifted by our spiritual helpers, such as Yeshua and our spiritual guides, or by our community, our fellow friends and family, the ones who circle us and say, give it to us. It means nothing to us. We can help lift it. And I would love you to speak about 
how we can collectively heal the shame that I have literally heard every single woman I have ever met speak about. That would be about a three-day answer. So I'm going to try to do the cliff note version. (laughs) When one is experiencing shame or when you, you are experiencing shame, I want you to ask yourself, what authority are you answering to? Is it about the human? Are you feeling shame because some societal construct told you that X, Y, or Z was wrong? If that's the case, you are answering to the authority of the manipulation, the assertion of imbalance, egoic power, not divine power, that has been imposed upon women for centuries and centuries. And if the shame is more about the vertical, I did something wrong, I'm unworthy of redemption, of happiness, of joy, of peace, of all of these qualities and frequencies of the divine. I would like you to ask yourself, what angry, random, grown-up God you're answering to? Because whatever that angry, random, grown-up God is imposing on you is actually a horizontal construct. There is a healthy space for the continuous process of evolution, so to speak. That is where humility comes into play. We're human. We make mistakes. Sometimes we say something, do something, and oh, cringe. Wish I hadn't done that. Why did I live with this for so many years? How didn't I see that? And all of that, there's a healthy space for feeling like we want to grow and we want to evolve. But there is a reason that in the Beatitudes, and this was you know, one of the offerings from the life of Christ, but the Beatitudes were all the times where he says, blessed are the blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. And he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He didn't say, blessed are those who are righteous. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for it, who simply want to take the space to be a bit kinder, a bit gentler on themselves, a bit more peaceful, a bit more loving. And so this shame, it is so much about what I call the abduction of the light. Yeshua talks, it told us the story of the light in September. The light was originally within the earth, within the land. It was very deeply eminent. And then as society, that's why many temples, many places of priestess worship and all of that was out in nature. The light was held within the earth. And then as societies grew and these massive control, fear, power systems were created, the light was almost hijacked and put into these institutions where you have to 
where you're unworthy to get your little, little cracker, your little piece of light and divinity, you had to go to the church. You had to go here in order to get your sovereignty, your light from another human being. You couldn't access that on your own. There was this rift between divine and human. And Yeshua shifted that. In some ways, he really just created an access point for this the mending of this rift between God and human that was there from you know the, the whole story of the garden, the whole parallel of the fall. And so now part of this journey, and I, I do believe that this is why he is, was so embracing of women within his life and works through feminine vessels the most and has for a very long time. He's like, what the heck happened? Where did all this shame start from? The first era, the weapon was violence, physical violence, people clubbing one another over the head. The shadow, imbalanced ego, power mechanism of violence over the past 2,000 years has been shame. Now, in this third era, we need to be very careful because the imbalanced power weapon of violence is silencing. That's the shadow mechanism, the potential shadow mechanism of this new era, silencing people, canceling them, not allowing them to learn their lesson and be redeemed if they have the humility to do so. And it's not up to us, but forgiveness, mercy, very, very important. So if you want to transcend, to move, to truly serve in helping the world to move out, use your voice. And it's not speaking, by the way, about the story of the shame. We're always talking about the story. And sometimes what I see you know, with trauma in certain circles is that everybody keeps telling the story. The story is that they want, as if they don't want to let go, they don't want to heal it, they just want to live in that I've been betrayed mindset, that victim mindset. We need to move this out of the story of the trauma. Who caused it? What happened? Why is it there? Let go of the story of your shame and all of a sudden, you will find the moral. Yeshua told us to, to be the moral, not the story. Will you be the story of your trauma or will you be the moral of unbelievable wisdom and kindness and passion and love that helps others who receive that moral, the wisdom that you have within you as a result of that shame? So we are moving this out of this story of shame and into the moral of how we can reclaim our sovereign power as women, as mothers, as lovers, as individuals, as friends, and as stewards of Mother Earth who needs to be unburdened from her, from some of her suppression as well.
Aho. So for our last question, Carissa, we ask this to every single guest, and it is an honor to ask it to you. If in this moment you could be a voice channeling the great mother, what would she have you say to all of us? Yeshua, Magdalene, the Divine Mother, are one. As if I might, I would like to read a passage from the Freedom Transmissions, if that's okay. Of course. One moment. I am with you, beloved. I am with you. In your first breath, I am with you. In your grief, I am with you. In your joy, I am with you. In your spirit, know me not as I was, but as I am. Know yourself not as you were, but as you are. In all of your glory, in all of your life, you are whole, you are worthy, you are wise, you are powerful, you are kind. My life to your life, one life, my heart to your heart, one heart. We are peace. May we walk together each and every day hand in hand. I am not just beyond you. I am not just around you. I am within you. And whenever you forget your peace, your joy, whenever the world becomes painful and dark, close your eyes and find the center of your medicine wheel connected to the center of Gaia's center of the universe to remember what you have forgotten. Peace be with you, my child, Sancti. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Carissa, for your time here on the Time of the Feminine podcast. You are an extraordinary light in this world. And I just would like to invite everyone that has journeyed with us today to Take a moment to hold Lauren in our heart and to send her all the light and blessings and prayers and rainbows and Gaia glitter that she deserves. 
as we move into this extraordinary new snail shell together. (sighs) And now I want to do the same for you. (laughs) Everybody who's listening to this, who can clearly hear and feel the extraordinary light that is Carissa. I invite us all to share our appreciation, to share our light, to share rainbows and Gaia glitter with this incredible channel, humble, beautiful sister and teacher. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Time in the Feminine podcast. It's so fun and such a privilege to have these conversations with these incredible guests. We ask that you follow them, support them, like their work, buy their books. And it's an even greater privilege and honor that you, sister, are listening. If this episode was meaningful, let us know by giving us a review. And if you are invited to take Sacred Facilitator or any of our facilitation programs that we have throughout the year. So go to globalsisterhood.org to learn more or follow us at the Global Sisterhood on Instagram. Episodes drop every single Thursday and we have some really beautiful episodes in store. So until then, loves, much love and a big, big hug.